Welcome. Okay, I think we're recording. Uh, this is Strong Dad's Community, and I'm your host, Charlie Ford. Uh, I hope the parallels in these stories help you realize your own potential. This podcast is part of Thumos USA, a community optimizing men for growth, purpose, and impact. Uh, today, we have the man, the myth, and the legend in the making, Mr. Mike Barkman. Mike, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Charlie. How you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good, man. All right, man. Yeah, it's good to be on the call. I listen to a lot of your podcasts, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, hopefully, I have uh, something to offer uh, some of your listeners, and um, you know, they walk away with this saying, uh, "Hey, man, uh, I learned something," or "I didn't," and who cares? <laughs> oh, hey, look, I'm glad you're here. And uh, it just so happens it's it's kind of early morning and and uh, I've got a cup of coffee. You got a cup of coffee. We're just going to have some coffee talk, man. This is good. Dude, it's like it's like comedians in, uh, in cars <laughs> getting coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except, we're, except we're not in cars and we're not comedians, but uh, and uh, we're not Jerry Seinfeld. Wouldn't that be cool? Right? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I think that that's what I, I'm surprised that you actually said that because that's one of my favorite uh, things to watch is comedians in cars getting coffee with sign. I think it's brilliant. It, it is. And it's so simple, right? You know, it's just like, uh, I love these guys. I love this guy's shows and his ideas. It's just like, Hey, this is really simple and it'd be fun. And I like cars and I like coffee. So let's do this. Like why and not? And it's yeah. a success. You know, he just like knocks it out of the park every time. Oh yeah. And then to see him and Larry David together, when you see those <laughs> two guys together interact, it is hilarious. It's oh my best. gosh. It's, it's like being on a Seinfeld episode or curb your enthusiasm. Episode. I know. I know. I wish I can like move into their neighborhood and just hang out with them, you know, be, be at a barbecue with them and <laughs> just kind of be a fly on the wall, listen to their conversations. <laughs> so Mike, you know, uh, you're a funny guy. Like I, just being around you, you're, 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 You've got a sense of humor like uh, like, you know, very rare. It's, you're, you're funny. You you can make people laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. I can see you uh, potentially have been a comedian in, in another life. Where where how and where did you get your sense of humor? Well, um, so I have two older brothers and one younger brother. And my parents are um, very fortunate that my parents are still together. Um, Fifty seven years of marriage. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we had a really, um, nice upbringing. Um, we lived in the suburbs in New Jersey, uh, born in New York out in Long Island. My mom's from Brooklyn. My dad's from Brooklyn. And, um, you know, when you, when you got to the kitchen table, it was kind of like you had to fight for, um, for time, you know, it's like your time slot. And if you wanted to be heard, you had to like speak up and you had to be funny. So, uh, we'd sit around the kitchen table and, and it was, it was like, everyone was just trying to make the other one laugh and tell funny stories and jokes. And, um, and my mom, you know, she just didn't even know it, but she was probably the funniest one at the table, just, just by her, the way she would tell a story. And, um, <laughs> and it was just, you know, and, you, and then my younger brother came along. So my, my two older brothers is uh, four years older, three years older, uh, Peter and Paul, and then myself, Michael and Keith is 10 years younger. So I think I think Keith kind of came along when my parents went to the Caribbean or something and and maybe just had a little too much fun. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, you're going to have a brother. I was like, uh, another brother. Cool. So uh, Keith actually is is like probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And uh, he's been on a few Thumos calls with us and 
Uh, he's just a great guy. He's one of my business partners. Paul is one of my business partners as well in, in our in our company. And uh, it's just been it's fun, man. We we just have a lot of fun, and my kids are funny too. So I guess uh, I guess those um, things that you learn from your parents, whether you like it or not, you pass it on to your kids. And uh, that just happens to be one of the traits that I was just super proud that I passed on to my kids because they are they're a riot too. <laughs> that is cool. So you, so the the humor, the humor bone got passed along as as the family progressed. So the youngest is the funniest, is what you're saying? Uh, you know, I think he is. I mean, I think some some people think that I might be, or you know, but they're all funny in their own ways. You know, it's just oh, it's. But Keith is Keith can kind of like he can change his voice and everything like that, and you know, he's just uh, he's a riot. He's a riot, and uh, I have a lot of fun with him. And we have now we have this like adult relationship, and um, and we still have like a great time. If I ever need a laugh, I call my mom, you know, and 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 I call her all the time, you know. I, d- I don't take that for granted, and um, That's you know so the cool. the ability to call my parents and say hello and just you know and just catch up. Hey, what's going on? And even if I talk, like you know, I talk to her almost every day. She's she is truly my best friend. And we could talk a little bit about that, how lucky I am to still have her. When when I was younger, she had a brain aneurysm. And um, Keith was probably, I want to say, like 14. And, you know, she, she just dropped on the floor. And, you know, uh, it was it was like she's getting rushed to the hospital. And I get a call like um, mom is getting rushed to the hospital and, you know, she had an aneurysm and I was like, wait a minute, she had an aneurysm. She's not going to, she's not going to live, you know? So, um, when we got to the hospital, uh, it was just like, we, we were preparing for the worst and it turned out that they, they had to rush her to the Willow's eye Institute in Philadelphia. And, um, that's where she had this, um, well, actually, she went to she went to Robert Wood Johnson and then she went to the Will's Eye Institute. And um, <clears throat> what happened was uh, the surgeon said, hey, you know, th- there's a procedure that we can do. And there's you know, it's only like the I mean, second or third time we're doing it. But your mom would be the perfect candidate. And it, um, so they went up through her artery in her leg all the way up into her brain and they you know, they did this, they basically like sealed it. So her brain wouldn't hemorrhage. And, um, you know, she was the most successful person to have that surgery. So, I mean, no, no motor skills problems, no speech problems, thank God, because she's so funny and she's got this like a funny Brooklyn accent. Um, and so every, every moment after that, I just said to myself, this is a gift. Like we hit the, the lottery in terms of life, you know, because, you know, what's more valuable than money is time. So um, for us, it was like, wow. Um, and for me in particular, it was like, I'm not, I'm not going to ever um, take my mom's time for granted or, you know, my dad's time and stuff like that. So uh, we've always just kind of uh, been very grateful for, for her life and our life with her. So it's cool. Mm, that is incredible. She's my best friend. She's my best friend. Oh, that's incredible, man. Uh, how is your relationship with your dad? How's how? Tell me a little bit about your dad. It's awesome, man. It's um, you know, 
when when we were younger, I remember sitting on the back porch and I mean, this is a guy that would, you know, come home from work and, you know, sometimes it was late and I was like, hey, dad, I want to, you know, I want to go play out in the backyard. I want to show you this or, you know, let's throw the ball around or can we kick the ball around, played a lot of soccer, played some baseball or the football, you know, and he was like, yeah, I'm sure he was exhausted, you know, traveling in from New York and finally getting home and just thinking like, man, I'd like to have a cold beer. And he would just, yeah, let's go in the back. And we throw the ball around and, um, you know, but I never heard him tell, tell, tell me that like he loved me, you know, he was, he was very, he was an only child. Um, and I never heard him say it. And I remember one time I kind of like cornered him in the back porch and said, you know, dad, I, I just don't feel like you love me. And, you know, I want to hear you say it. And he like looked at me and he was like, I've been showing you my whole life, but if you want to hear it, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, and he, he told me he loved me. And from that point on, he always told me he loved me. So I guess it was, you know, when you're a kid and, and, you know, ask your parents for stuff and, and, you know, hopefully they'll give it to you. But, uh, so my dad's relationship is, is awesome. Um, you know, and he's just one of those guys that's just, he's really proud of us. Um, he started, um, the company that we now run, um, it was under a different name. Um, and you know, we all worked for him at one point. And then, you know, as we became older, we were thinking like, well, you know, let's, maybe we'll change it up. We'll change the dynamic of the business. We'll change a few things about it. And, um, and we, you know, we, we named it sound management group. And, you know, my dad just said the other day, he's how proud he is of, of myself and my two um, brothers, um, Paul and Keith, of what we've done with the company and how far we've taken it further than he took it, you know, but he kind of pumped the brakes when, when my mom had the aneurysm because, you know, he was trying to take over the world, you know, he's this young, young um, entrepreneur. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're, when you're, when his, his mother got cancer and died, um, you know, that had a lot, I'm sure that had a huge impact on him. And then he was like, you know, I don't want to travel all over the place. I want to be with my family. I want to be with my kids. And, and then his wife gets this aneurysm and I'm sure he looked at it as a gift. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't need to have this huge company. I can just have this nice size company and, um, you know, have a good life. And we've had, we've had a great life. And, uh, and now we're kind of continuing on, uh, his legacy and, um, it's, it's awesome. You know, and he, he had a heart attack, like maybe four years ago or five years ago. And, and we thought we were going to lose him. And like all the boys rushed to, to Florida to, to see him, you know, and take care of him and ask the doctor the right questions and all this other stuff. And it turned out he, um, you know, he, it, it was kind of like, a um, <clears throat> a fortunate thing because he had a, like some, a lot of blockage. So he just had to kind of clean out the pipes and, and uh, and he's with us today. And, you know, we all have a great relationship. We talk all the time. And um, so it's it's really special. I've, I want to have that with my kids. You know, I want, I want my kids to be able to want to call me and say hello, not just feel like they have to because, you know, dad's getting older and maybe I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to regret anything kind of thing. So um, and for, for the listeners, how many kids do you have? Yeah. So I have two boys, um, Gunner and Luke. Uh, Gunner is 12. He'll be 13. And Luke is eight. Um, and, uh, he's like eight and a half and, you know, we're truly blessed, um, to have two healthy boys and, and, you know, they've got great energy. Um, 
you know, they love to snuggle, they love to talk and, uh, I coach their soccer teams, um, you know, try to help out as much as possible in that sense. And, you know, try to be present with them. That's, that's one thing I learned about, um, Thumos, um, and that community on, you know, there's different levels of guys in our, in our group. And some of them are just getting started. Some, you know, don't even have kids. Some of them have kids that are growing up and, and moved on um, and, and have kids of their own. So they're, they're grandfathers. And, you know, you sit and listen to them and you, you're reminded like, hey, don't don't rush this moment. You know, don't uh, don't feel like you need to take on the world, you know, um, have a quality life, uh, not so much quantity. You know, you don't need more stuff. Uh, you need more. My, my thing is about my kids don't need more stuff. They don't need um, more things. They need more time. They need my time, my wife's time. So we go on trips. Um, my company travels a lot so I get to see customers while I'm traveling. Uh, but then we'll also, you know, go and, and you know, go for hikes and see different parts of the country. And, um, you know, I can't remember what my parents bought me on my 10th birthday or my 11th birthday or what my grandfather bought me, uh, on my 11th birthday, but I know where they took me. You know, I remember those trips and that's like, I always have that, you know what I mean? Like I don't have the deck of cards, the mitt or whatever, you know, the football or soccer ball that they bought me or the cleats, you know, I was, you know, grew out of cleats, like, you know, every other, every other week, it seemed when I was a kid, but. I remember those trips and those trips are gold. Like I can go back to Yellowstone and like walk through, um, you know, looking at old faithful and Mount Rushmore and black Hills of Dakota with my grandfather. It was like one of my favorite trips. And now I'm doing that stuff with my kids. So mm. it's, it's really special. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate and I'm very, um, and I know I am. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, I think that, you know, there, there's, it's not all, you know, roses and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of hard work and there's sometimes there's really difficult times and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you don't necessarily need to leave the state to go have fun with your kids and, and have a quality moment. You know, you can go to City Park or you can go to the zoo or the aquarium and spend that quality time together. So if you had to say, uh, you know, maybe the number one thing that you took from your dad that now you use with your own kids what would that be? Hmm. You know, I think because my dad was this only child and his, he had loving, um, a, a loving mother who, you know, passed in 1980 and, um, and, and a father who was very successful. He was a, he was a JP Morgan banker. Um, but he was kind of like to himself, but he showed the grandchildren love. I, I think that, ability to love your kids no matter what and show your you know show your wife love in front of them like I remember my dad um coming into the kitchen and just like you know he would like grab my mom and like you know kiss on her and love on her and I was like man that's that's awesome you know like I, I look at that they're, they're in love you know this is great and um you know, they never took it too far or something, but, uh, but uh, you know, it wasn't that kind of weird thing. <laughs> that would have been awkward. Yeah, Let the boy watch. But but then I would go over some of my friends' houses and and I didn't see any of that, you know. And um, 
you know, like we had volleyball, we had a pool in the backyard and volleyball courts behind the, the pool. And we'd have like friends come over and we'd all be playing volleyball. My mom would be, you know, in the games and the, the other neighborhood moms and, and, you know, the, the dads would be playing in the games with us. And, you know, I remember them goofing around and, you know, kissing and, you know, hugging on each other. And I didn't see a lot of the other couples doing that. And I thought that was really special. So for me and my kids, they, they see me hug on my wife and they see my, like, I tell, I tell them, I tell my wife right in front of them how beautiful she is and how much I love her and how much I care about her. You know, um, mm. I think that's important. Um, so if you, if you, if you listen into this, you know, give, give that a shot. And I think you'll, you'll really make your kids happy. You know, they'll just, they'll just know what love is. You know, you, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of say, Hey kid, this is how you love, you know, it just, they, they, they learn by watching, you know, they're sponges. So, yeah, I mean, listen to you tell this story and this was something that was so impactful that now you're a grown man with your own kids and you're still talking about it. Yeah. Which shows yeah. the level of impact, right? Yeah. And it goes back to those, it goes back to those moments, you know, it's like life is a, just, just a bunch of moments, you know, and it's less stuff and more moments for me. And, you know, those are the ones that made the impact. You know, like I said, I just, uh, I remember moments of, you know, even though my grandmother passed when I was like, you know, nine years old, um, I remember moments, you know, with her. I remember funny things, you know, watching her sew and she's, you know, asking me to like thread the needle and, um, you know, handing me a dollar, you know, here you know, don't tell your brother. And then she, would, you know, go tell, you know, go over to my brother and don't tell your brother. You know? <laughs> so I remember those moments. I remember, uh, you know, picking blueberries with her up in uh, the Adirondacks and stuff like that. So, but I, I don't remember, you know, her handing me a toy or something and, and that making a huge impact on me. So, um, you know, and I think that with our, with our kids nowadays, I mean, now they're really distracted, you know, they've got, games and you know i mean i put on my kids vr the other day and i was like whoa this is crazy this is a whole totally different world you know and i could see why he would want to be on that thing 24 7 um but you know you gotta you gotta find balance in life and and pull them out of that but if you're gonna pull them out of it you better have something really fun for them to do uh <laughs> you know uh and it could be as simple as going jumping in the pool or jumping on a skateboard or you know, going for a bike ride, but, uh, and they might, they might fight you, uh, at first, but once they get out there, they always have a good time. Uh, and mm. we're always laughing, you know, it, my, my, my world you know, is all about laughter and shining light, um, to others. And I think when you do that, when you radiate that, a lot of people, it's like an energy, you know, and they just can't, you know, they're, they're going to have to take it in, uh, whether they like it or not. And, um, you can change the energy in a room by, um, by laughter and having fun and, you know, bringing that positive energy into any room. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what I tried to do. That is, that's really neat. I, I've, I've recently heard uh, from a comedian, you know, Theo Vaughn, uh, he, he was on, he's on a few podcasts and, and listened to him and he was talking about his childhood. He had a rough childhood, but the one thing that got him through it was laughter and he said, which is kind of interesting, he said that during the moment that somebody laughs at you or laughs at 
the joke that you're telling during that that little brief period, they can't be thinking anything bad about you. They have to be in a good mood to be laughing. So during mm. that during that during that little small window of opportunity of laughter, they can't be thinking negative thoughts. And so he he would try to daisy chain those those laughter pieces. Uh, and, and that's what led him to being a comedian. But it's funny that, that the way you mentioned it, it reminds me of that, that when somebody's laughing, it's really, really hard to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> and and, so. it, and you want to be a part of it. Like, so if you're in a if you're in a crowded room, right, and, and you hear, you know, maybe we're in like a conversation and it's engaged where, you know, someone's talking about maybe it's shallow, you know, maybe we're just talking about the saints or something and you hear some laughing going on over there. <laughs> you want to get over there. I, I you know, you want to be a it's part contagious. of it. It yeah. is, it is. And it's just that energy that you want to be over there. And I want to, um, you know, uh, I want to be part of that conversation. I want to see if I can add to it. I want to go back to the kitchen table, you know, with, with mm-hmm. my parents and my family. And I want to see if I can get, make them laugh. And, um, you know, I watch my youngest son, Luke, like we're at the kitchen table and you know, the, the whole, like, uh, you know, don't get up from the, the, the table until your food's done. That, like that rule is gone in our house. Like, cause Luke yeah. is standing up. He's, you know, he's dancing around and, you know, and he's, you know, he's shaking his stuff. Every part of it. And um, so, uh, it, you know, that's, it, it's, it's like, I've, I've taken my parents' kitchen table and I put it in my own house and um, that's the best way I can describe it. And, um, you know, it sounds I think, like the kitchen table is the improv. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the car ride home and, you know, we just we we find you can find humor in almost anything. And mm. um, I've, I've done it in the darkest of times, <laughs> you know, and I think I think that's why comedians they're like there's. There, there should be no laws or boundaries or anything like that. Now they're getting in trouble with, how dare you say that? How dare you make fun of that? It's like, it's comedy. You know, we're supposed to laugh. And uh, I think if when you're on the receiving end of it, you know, you can't help but laugh at yourself. You know, even though the comedian's making fun of you, you know, you're like, ah, he's got me. And then they move on. You know, it's not it's not like a bullying type of thing, but it's just uh this is funny, whether you like it or not. It's it's funny. So um, I I really enjoy that about life, and I I, I don't know where I'd be without laughter. You know, I just so, uh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned uh, dark times, and and I, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about loss, mm. and uh, you've had loss uh, in your own life, and and yeah. curious uh, to to see how you managed through the loss and how you are post loss. Yeah, you know, it, it, and I I gotta, you know, I know this is a Thumos podcast, but I gotta thank Thumos for it because, um, you know, before Thumos, I was, you know, I didn't, when when someone passes, you know, whether it's a a friend that you grew up with, uh, or an aunt, or uncle, or grandma, or um, a loved one, um, they're all loved one, they're all family, um. You know, I, you just, oh, well, they're no longer here. You know, I guess that I just have to deal with that. I should have, I wish I could have said this one more thing to him. And when I, 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 uh, it was about three years ago, one of my, one of my close friends passed away and, uh, you know, he's a childhood friend and he was, 
you know, he was my best friend. And um, to have him just talk to him the night before, and I was like, hey, John, I'm putting the, I'm putting the kids to bed. I'll, you know, if I'll call you back, or if not, I'll talk to you tomorrow, right? Um, and I don't have any regrets about that because I didn't get to call him back. And he died in his sleep. And, you know, we never got to continue that conversation, but I had talked to him a bunch of times before that. So it wasn't like, hey, you know, I never have time to talk to John. I'm always busy and vice versa. We we made time to talk to each other. Uh, we made time to have that that friendship and that relationship. It's a two way street, you know. Um, so um, when John had passed, I was just, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe this. And uh, Jody uh, from Thumos uh, and, and a few other members uh, made space for me. And I kind of went out on a limb and they said, you know, I'm going to play the role of John. We were on a Zoom call because this is during COVID. And uh, what would you like to say to John? And I'm like, man, I, I can't do this. And uh, I, I can't do it. Now, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, and I just jumped in and I looked at that that man and it wasn't John, but it was John. And I said everything that I wanted to say to him at that moment. And it mm. felt wonderful. Um, you know, they say prayer is you talking to God. They say meditation is God talking to you. Um, it was a little bit of both. You know, uh, it was me getting to talk to a friend and my friend listening. And it was something that I really needed because I was struggling and it was it was really painful. I mean, you know, obviously I'm getting choked up talking about it because I still love him. I still miss him. But my relationship with him has evolved, even though he's I know this just sounds crazy, but he's no longer with us in the present state. But he's definitely with us with his energy, um, his laughter, his love. I mean, this guy was you, you wanted to be a part of it. And, he, you know, if you walked in a room and you saw him, you, you would hear his laugh thing goofing around joking around you know and you want to be a part of that and it was it was uh infectious you know you just and um so my my relationship now with john is i i i speak to him during meditation um sometimes it'll like creep in during like a yoga class and i'm like in like a vinyasa you know i'm in this like um the end of class where you just kind of meditate and you, you think about your practice and you know you, if, if you're really good at meditation you can kind of go wherever you want to go and uh sometimes he'll creep in like make jokes and i'm like <laughs> what are you doing here man and he's like you know what i'm doing here there's a bunch of girls in yoga pants you know uh i gotta <laughs> you know i gotta be here um so but it's you know the loss of John, I, I think I'm, I, there's times where I hurt because I, you know, I think about his wife and, and his child who, who are, are left alone. And, and that hurts because, you know, the, the loved ones are left alone, but, you know, I, I firmly believe that he is still there with them all the time, watching over them. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that angels walk among us. And, um, when we move on to, uh, you know, out of this meat suit into, the next people can call it heaven people call it whatever they want to call it whatever you're comfortable with but the those energies those souls they stick around and they can you know they can be with me and be with her be with anyone they want to be at any time and um there are times where i know for a fact that like you know 
I probably should have gotten a car accident and I didn't. And maybe that was my godfather, you know, who, who prevented that from happening. Um, uh, maybe someone was just watching over me at that one moment. Um, so, um, my, my, how I deal with loss now is, you know, we're not getting out of here alive. Um, we're, I'm, I'm probably going to lose my mom or my dad at some point and I will have no regrets on, uh, I should have called them or I should have went and visited or, you know, I, I wish I would have told them I loved them one more time. Um, I will have none of that. I will celebrate their life and I will, um, you know, continue to meditate and find those places where I can uh, talk to them and see them and, you know, close my eyes and just, you know, I can hear John's laugh right now. I can, I can hear him saying, <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> so how has, yeah. how has John's uh, passing impacted your relationship with yourself, your kids and your wife? <laughs> Um, well, John's the reason why I met my wife. So, uh, I was on his front porch in California, Dana Point, and my wife, you know, walked up with one of John's friends and happened to be her brother. And I was like, wow, look at that girl. You know, so John takes credit for <laughs> me meeting my wife. So the whole time he's like, you know, I'm the guy. I'm the reason why this happened. You can thank me <laughs> as long as it works out. But when John, <laughs> you know, John, John's passing um, just stamped home that do not do not hold grudges. Do not, um, you know, for people that you love. I mean, if there if there's people that just burn your bridges and, you know, it's just send them away and and don't look back don't even think about them um but but the people that you love you know that those are the ones that sometimes you hurt the most and you know you might have a um a, you know a, a disagreement um particularly now you know everyone's having these disagreements about things uh and and then they stop talking they stop connecting um and you know that that was the one thing with john um was like hey i'm not i'm never gonna take this time for granted I'm always going to, you know, tuck my kids in. I'm always going to take that extra moment and, and, you know, spend some time with them because, you know, you can go to bed and not wake up. And, um, and he was in great shape, you know, he was a CrossFitter and stuff like that. You know, it turns out that he actually had a, a heart condition. Um, but, and, uh, you know, I'm looking at this collage, I'm in my office in my house and there's a collage and there's just a, a bunch of pictures of them you know, that they gave at his funeral. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. You know, he, 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 you know, he was only on this planet for 50 years and I knew him for, I think I met John when I was 12, you know? So I knew, I knew him for like 38 of those years. That's pretty, you know, you're pretty blessed mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, to know a, a person that amazing for that long. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I guess I guess my advice to anyone that's, you know, maybe not talking to their parent or a sibling or, you know, having a uh, situation with their spouse, it's like, man, just, you know, <laughs> take the first step and get in, you know, try to work it out and talk it out and listen. Um, don't just talk, listen. But uh, yeah, John, John's had a huge impact on how I um I don't take time for granted and, and I continue to laugh with my wife and my kids and stuff like that. So, 
um, it, it's a gift that he gave me, um, and I'll never forget it. Mike, that is that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, yeah. and I think we can wrap it up now. That's uh, that's a good good ending point uh, with that beautiful advice. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you've heard, please remember to follow, share, and give us a strong review. If you're a man searching for improvement and growth, be sure to check out strongdadscommunity.com. Mike, uh, again, thank you for being on the podcast today. Look forward to to future podcasts, sharing future stories, man. Oh, man, I really enjoyed this, Charlie. Uh, you're doing a great job with these podcasts. And um you know, it's it's tough to kind of share yourself, but uh, hopefully this helped out anyone who was listening. And, um, you know, just uh, always laugh. <laughs> That's awesome. And comedian cars getting coffee. We're out. Thanks. All right.